welcome to the third episode of Guidehouse Insights Plugged In Podcast, where we do monthly deep dives on energy industry topics. We've been exploring a wide range of topics. Our last episode was on ammonia, and this upcoming episode is going to be on AI for sustainable cities. Before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host. Gemma, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, yeah, I'm Gemma. I'm based in the London office and I'm a research analyst on the Data Insights team. And I'm Edie Wilson, also a research analyst, and I'm on the Insights Transportation team in Washington, D.C. So this week, we'll be speaking to Grant Sams, who is also a research analyst, lots of analysts, on the Guidehouse Insights team, and we're talking about his report on AI for sustainable cities. Grant is really knowledgeable in the realm of smart cities. His research focuses on energy use and efficiency, smart city development, and the human-built environment interface. He's published extensively on these topics with reports including the Guidehouse Insights leaderboard on smart street lighting, smart cities digital and climate equity, smart water systems for smart cities, and the Smart Cities Project Tracker. (laughs) He holds an MS in sociology with a focus on environmental sociology from Oklahoma State University and a BS in fisheries, wildlife, and conservation biology from Kansas State University. Welcome, Grant. (laughs) Thank you. It's good to be on. I always, always love talking about these things. Yeah, and we do too. We're really excited. So I want to kick it off with basic question. What is AI? What is a smart city? And how do the two of these go together? Those are very good questions. And ultimately, it's kind of a series of fuzzy lines. I feel like if you, it's kind of one of the questions where if you ask 10 people, you'd somehow get 11 different uh, opinions and answers. For us here at Guidehouse Insights, AI is broadly the computerized analytical processing that mimics human cognition. So this is anytime you train a computer to look for pattern and act on that information, much like the human brain does. And this might include things like machine learning, image recognition, speech recognition, natural language processing, uh, large language models, which is a massive topic right now, um, deep learning, and other sorts of tactics to effectively make computers think more like a human brain, but at the the processing speed of a computer. A smart city for us is categorized by the integration of technologies into a very explicit, ex- uh, strategic approach to improve citizen well-being the sustainability of the environment, and economic prosperity within a city. Effectively, a smart city brings technology to bear in really new and innovative ways that help to tackle big problems that cities are facing today and in some ways have have always faced. And when you look to solve those sorts of problems, AI can be an incredibly invaluable tool for smart cities. It's already proven its value to aid all kinds of municipal functions like street lighting, transportation, 
traffic signaling, mass transit, waste collection, water treatment. And AI is actually an interesting spot where cities have really been at the the fore. AI has become a topic of conversation for people recently, thanks to, to chat GTP. But this has been a topic for smart cities for at least the last 10 years and, and more likely the last you know 15 as they started to realize that there was potential with these kinds of pattern recognition approaches. Grant, I think you, you stole my next point in the AI is an incredibly hot topic at the moment. You know, everyone is trying to use ChatGPT for everything from, you know, rewriting their CVs to writing, you know, housing application letters to marketing strategies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in your report, you focus solely on uh, AI for sustainability within smart cities and you segment those into three end uses. So for transportation, energy management, and environmental quality. Why is it that AI makes sense for these three segments? And maybe can you also explain why we haven't seen these examples in other areas? So as far as sustainability goes, those three that you mentioned are kind of the largest use cases that we see at the moment. There's a few others that are, you know, on the edges, but those are the, the three that made the most sense to focus on because they are, you know, far and away have the most revenue behind them, the most technology development, the most companies servicing those kinds of technologies, that sort of thing. And I'm sure as we go into the future, that will expand and 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 our reports will expand to match. Today, transportation is by far the largest use of AI for sustainability within a smart city. Visual AI has been absolutely invaluable for things like automating traffic studies, traffic flow, automating parking through the use of smart parking, detecting where spots are available, where spots are filled, which vehicles are parking within each spots by automatically reading license plates. It's been invaluable for helping to manage the curbside. Cities are actually now starting to realize that the curb is actually a really valuable resource and that they should manage it more actively to you know, the betterment of the public good. So cities are actually tolling delivery vehicles down to the minute, potentially. People like Uber and FedEx are, are being asked to register their vehicles, register the license plates, and then they're you know charged as a fee for every minute they park at the curb. And this helps to increase turnover and make sure that that resource is there for other people to use when they need it. There's also potentially other future uses for AI and transportation, things like automated signal timing. So potentially giving the control over how long lights are on in certain directions over to AI so that it can you know, roll with the punches that come up in, in day-to-day life that are sort of hard to anticipate the impact on traffic flow and congestion from, from various directions. There's also a bunch of interesting new systems that can actually use cameras mounted onto municipal vehicles to automatically detect damage in the roadway and then geotag it for information for later roadwork decisions. Usually that kind of thing either had to be reported through a 311 or 
you know, a, a police officer driving around would have to say, you know, oh, hey, I think there's a pothole. The city might want to take care of that. And the city will say, OK, we will. And then that memo never gets to the roads department. But with visual AI, they can put fairly simple cameras uh, mounted onto those vehicles. And as they drive around, they automatically collect that information. They grade the value of degradation. They geotag it. And it makes it really easy to create heat maps of these are the streets that are in the worst condition, or these are the streets where the degraded condition is slowing transit times, which increases emissions, increases wear and tear on vehicles, you know, further degrades air quality, and this is where we need to focus our efforts. So that's a really fascinating use case that's emerged virtually in the last two to three years by my mark. As far as energy goes, AI is utilized in a lot of different places. The two that we focus on the most in this particular report are smart street lighting and energy meters. So for smart street lighting, once you replace your lights with LED fixtures, typically replace your lights with LED fixtures, you can put uh, smart controllers on them that really help to help the light to communicate what its status is. Is it burned out? Is it operating properly? Can it detect that it might have a problem emerging because of fluctuations in the voltage going through the unit? Um, it can potentially detect problems with control boxes or other units that might be related to the operation, but not the light itself. You can also use AI with smart street lighting to conserve energy. Street lights can actually keep themselves dimmed until either vehicles approach or some other conditions are met that allow them to jump up to full strength. And then once the, the vehicle is passed, they can drop back down to a, a low kind of dim status, which really helps to conserve energy. That's something that, especially since the war in Ukraine and uh, energy prices started going up, cities have been really interested in those kinds of um, aggressive dimming measures and trying to figure out how to make sure that lights are only on full when they're needed and saving absolutely as much energy as possible. And then I talked a little bit about energy and air quality. AI is being used within smart cities for functions like air and water quality detection. There's really interesting uses of AI taking air quality data and automatically changing the running mode of hybrid vehicles in a city fleet, for instance. There's a city that they know they have pockets of really bad air quality on certain days within their municipality, and all of their city vehicles are hybrid with the option to go on an electric-only running mode. And so as in an attempt to sort of help abate that, those air quality pockets are geotagged and those coordinates are sent to the vehicles. So if the vehicles cross into those areas, they automatically shift over to that all electric mode. And then once they leave that area, they can shift back into hybrid operation. The actual impact of that is, uh, you know, needs to be studied, but at least conceptually, that's really fascinating, especially when you pair uh, a, a potential future where we have vehicle to everything, where cars can just talk to the environment, other cars, streetlights, air quality sensors, um, and you can potentially change operational parameters, you know, based on the, the sorts of patterns that are detected. AI has also been used in cities to help predict when certain waterways will flood using 
weather forecasts, historical data, and real-time readings from within that waterway. Things like flow rate, water height, um, and putting that all together to make a prediction about, you know, is the street going to flood in a massive 1,000-year event again for the second time in three years? Um, and then you can automatically then send alerts to people within those likely to flood zones. You can send out warning text messages, public announcements. All emergency responders can be instantly flashed and notified about the threat without it needing to you know, go through dispatch first. So there's a lot of really interesting uses, and it's it's absolutely picking up steam. I was at a conference in Denver recently on on smart city technologies and applications and the use of data and ai was the far and away most common topic and it's something that cities have been attuned to and are increasingly realizing that that they have potential for many of their operations wow okay it seems like there's a lot that AI can be used for, and this is all really fascinating, especially as someone who nerds out a lot on transportation. I'm glad that you you mentioned that first off. I wanted to ask if there's a specific example of AI being used in a specific city that comes to mind. I wish I could remember the specific city that has that hybrid vehicle running mode switch. I know it's over in the UK and I apologize. I want to say it's Leeds. I believe it's Leeds. And I apologize if I have that incorrect. We'll Um, fact check after the episode. But that one always jumps to mind as a, a particular favorite of mine. Another one that's actually been really interesting to watch develop is the use of visual AI to automate streetlight timing adjustments. So basically telling us, you know, giving a street uh, or an, an intersection cameras to track how many vehicles are coming through, how many vehicles are stopped, what are conditions like on adjacent intersections so that we can track what is a normal congestion event look like, say rush hour, and then what are some conceivable other events, you know, a sporting event lets out or there's a uh, a wreck on the highway, which makes people exit because ways told them to, and then they try to you know navigate through the city, and that causes a different pattern of congestion. So you can give an intersection the the typical standard expected pattern of congestion, as well as a couple of libraries of scenarios and how it should change light timing to try to ameliorate those, and then just let the intersection itself watch. And when those situations come up it can choose from the library the best possible solution for those conditions based on all the historic data that it's been trained on. And those kinds of things can you know, really improve throughput through an intersection, reduce congestion, reduce fuel waste, reduce air quality. It's, it's been, been slow to develop, but it's really, really fascinating, I think. And it's found... Um, legs to run as of late that sounds yeah absolutely fascinating but kind of zooming out a little bit more are there any cities in particular that lead the way with ai for sustainability or you know which cities are they and you know are they clustered regionally 
So there are a number of cities. And sometimes you'd find them in really surprising places. I mean, to be you know sure, really, really big cities that have a lot of resources and a lot of uh, technology development, academic partners, they're using this technology extensively. Places like New York, London, Singapore, they've all implemented you know their fair share of AI projects and they're really impressive. But there's also a lot of smaller cities that people get surprised when I mention. Um, places like Columbus, Ohio is actually a, a leader within the smart city space owing to uh, an award that they won from the U.S. Department of Transportation based on you know, a plan that they had developed for improving the operation and livability of their city. And also cities like um, Ellicott City in Maryland. You know, both of those cities have recognized specific challenges that they were facing and looked to develop partnerships and solutions, including emerging technologies like AI in the quest to, to solve them. When you're talking about these cities, it sounds like the drive to adopt AI is coming from local level municipal policy. I'm wondering if overall you see national policy driving the adoption for AI more, or if throughout the world, it really is city level policy that's driving this change, the shift? I think to date, it's largely been municipal policy and that drive of innovative leaders to seek out new solutions for old problems. Now, that's not to say that there's not a role for the national level governments to you know, guide the adoption of these technologies. But primarily, I think what we've seen is cities driving the adoption of the technologies because they recognize that these solutions are, are worth exploring and worth integrating and worth changing their standard practices over in order to garner the unique benefits that this emerging technology can give them. In the news nowadays, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of kind of consternation around the use of AI. And I guess just in that vein, you know, what are the kind of barriers to cities adopting more AI, especially in this kind of climate that is slightly more skeptical, let's say, of AI today than maybe it was earlier? Well, you've, alert, you've alluded right to it. Uh, privacy concerns are perhaps the greatest barrier to adoption. You know, cities are concerned that AI might be implemented in a way that reinforces existing biases, which we've absolutely seen in the past. They want to make sure that AI in cities is being used in ways that's fair and equitable and goes toward building stronger, more just communities. There's also a barrier around just familiarity with the technology and comfort in deploying it. You know, AI frequently needs a lot of different departments to communicate with each other when it comes to the, the use and development of this technology. But historically, in many cities, those individual departments are really siloed. And it's not common for, say, uh, somebody in the, the road and bridge department to talk to somebody in you know, the technology and IT department to talk to somebody in public health. You know, they're never really together within the same meetings trying to work on the same problems, but 
that's what AI demands. And so those sorts of changes to city operation and city, you know, planning and practice um, has, has proven to be an issue as well. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. I know there's so many different departments just within DC city government. They're doing great work, but lots of cross-department communication needed. So I guess the next question is, how do cities overcome these barriers? First and foremost, uh, establishing clear communication with residents on what AI is doing, what data it's collecting, how their privacy is going to be protected, and what the ultimate benefit will be to residents. That is of the utmost importance. And there is a lot of really, really good work going on right now trying to figure out how exactly do you clearly and concisely communicate those things to residents. Cities also need to establish interdepartmental communication models that break down those silos that we talked about. Um, you know, this could be the role of a particular department. Some cities have literally established a department of breaking down the silos for, for lack of a better word, right? Like a department of interoperability, you know, but it could also be the role of a special committee. Yeah, well, it sounds like there's a lot of talking that needs to be done. But looking forwards a bit, are there any specific use cases for AI that maybe haven't taken off yet, but you expect us to see become big in the future? Only so many. You know, it's a fascinating question because I think this technology, as it's emerging, it's it's obviously a very powerful technology. And I don't think we can even guess all the directions in which it's going to go. You know, in 30 years time, I don't think, you know, having a conversation like this would sound very old fashioned, right? Because AI, you know, thinking, pattern recognition, neural networks, like that's just a thing that computers do because of course they do that. That makes all the sense in the world. At the moment, you know, I think that once you can train computers to sort of process data the way that a human mind would, there's a lot of doors that open up. And one that in particular is really intriguing to me is the use of digital twins paired with, you know, powerful AI. So to make a long story short, you have all of these IoT sensors scattered throughout a city that are detecting all sorts of different things, and they're pouring that data back into one centralized model called the digital twin. It's kind of a living, breathing representation of what the city looks like. And in a way, it's kind of like how in Star Trek, the ship can tell the crew, you know, like, you know, Captain, my, my sensors are detecting some anomalous readings on deck 35. You might want to go check that out. Digital twins might, for you know, one particular example, maybe it recognizes that through its footfall sensors, there is a lot of pedestrians and concentrated into one area, and and sort of you know walking um, across the street, being really packed onto the sidewalks. It's not entirely sure why, but it also uses air quality sensors to realize that hey, you know, the air quality here is is kind of substandard. Um, also, because I'm clued into a bunch of calendars, I know that there is a sporting event that's probably about to let out. I have the historic traffic data to predict um, where that traffic is going to go and predict the impacts on air quality and the increases in vehicle and pedestrian conflicts within this particular zone of concern that I have at the moment. 
And so I'm going to use all of that information that I have gathered and my ability to recognize those patterns to take a couple of steps. Maybe I automatically adjust signage to encourage or direct drivers away from that area. Maybe I automatically up the uh, pricing congestion, you know, the, the price that cars have to pay to drive through that area if that's, you know, a policy that was in place. Maybe I increase tolls going to a certain spot, but decrease them in another to financially incentivize people away from those areas and, and, you know, potentially, you know, a few other steps, but that kind of living, breathing, thinking city that can make those sorts of decisions on the fly. And that's been given permission to make those kinds of decisions on the fly. That's been tested and modeled. Um, that's something that is quite a ways off in the future, that particular example, um, but it's definitely possible given the direction that all of those individual technologies are trending. And that's something that really excites me uh, about about the future. Yeah, that definitely sounds exciting, but at the same time feels like almost like we're going into a you know, 1980s sci-fi film and bit by bit, these are coming true. But just before we wrap up is there anything else that you'd like to add anything you've got be in your bonnet something you haven't said yet that you think is really important for listeners to know chiefly i would say that ai is a powerful tool i think that there's a lot of discussion recently around is ai good is ai bad will ai be our savior will ai kill us all you know will we get star trek will we get skynet and I think that's not the best way to frame you know, the issue. Like a lot of things that absolutely change the world, AI is not inherently good or bad. It's just powerful. And you know, we can use that tool, that powerful, powerful tool to expedite justice in how we design our communities, but it's just as easy to use it in ways that entrench existing patterns of inequality. Luckily, cities that I've been talking to are keenly aware of this potential, and they've been grappling with the implications of using AI and big data, I think long before you know most of us had even really heard of or been attuned to, to these particular issues. So it's still going to take a lot of conversation and cooperation, you know, both with residents, with other cities, with uh, you know, policymakers, with technology companies. But I'm actually really, really hopeful that smart cities and, and smart municipal leaders are going to drive AI use in the right direction, given how much interest that they've had in not only the solutions that AI can deliver, but also in ensuring data equity and, and ensuring that this technology is used to improve the lives of, of all citizens equally within their cityscape. Grant, I feel there is so much to talk about that we haven't talked about, you know, namely, you know, really super important things like data equity, uh, bias in AI, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I'm sure that we'll get you back on another time to talk more in depth about a variety of other topics that we just haven't even had the time to touch on. But thank you so much for joining us. It's been a fascinating conversation. If you would like to read Grant's report, it's available on the Guidehouse Insights page. Grant, do you want to just remind us what the full title is so that people can uh, look it up? Yeah, absolutely. So the full title is AI for Smart Cities, 
AI and predictive analytics platforms for transportation, energy management, and environmental quality in the urban environment. And I'll also add that through our blog platform, we also, I am also writing a number of blogs about this topic over things like data equity and uh, bias within AI. All right, brilliant. Thanks for plugging your report and your blogs once again. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, on the other hand, you can feel free to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. We really look forward to you joining us for our next conversation in June. On mine and Edie's part, we just want to say thank you to Guidehouse as usual for providing us with this platform of discussion. And as Grant has mentioned earlier, if you want to keep up to date on other Guidehouse Insights work, we have a blog page which gives you all of our industry insights on the website, which you can find at www.guidehouseinsights.com. Thanks again for joining and we can't wait to welcome you all back next month. Thank you.